Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana and you're listening to the Mall Over Codpost. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's Mallover podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you all the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at Mallover Podcast, Mallover Podcast on Facebook, and you can find all of our content on Anchor and Apple Pods and the Google Store and lots of other places. Um, we are probably the only rugby podcast who will quite literally ignore all of the weekend's European rugby action because for want of a better word, nobody really gives a shit about European rugby, do they, anymore? The competition is fundamentally broken and it just makes no sense whatsoever. So I don't care. Would you agree with that, Doug? Yeah. Cool. Welcome, Lensman. How are you? I'm all right, mate. You need to turn yourself up a little bit, though. And Do I or should me. I just talk into the mic a bit more? Or just, or just talk closer to the microphone. <laughs> or maybe I need to turn myself up on my on my hearing aids. Um, uh, I'm also joined by uh, the handsome Phil Farm Vet, housewife's favourite. Hello, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> that one's new. Uh, I'm just trying something different. Good. I like to innovate, it. but it won't last long. <laughs> Good. Uh, and also, um, I'm joined by. Uh, the nicest man in Cornish Rugby Podcasting, Ben Eustace. How you doing, Ben? Oh, I don't know. Hello, ladies. <laughs> I mean, that, that definitely doesn't work from you. <laughs> with, the, with the greatest of respect. Um, I mean, if you were talking to Mayflower, then maybe. But <laughs> other than that. And um, because we don't care about European rugby and we're kind of hideously underprepared. We we may have intimated that there would have been uh, a bit of a special this week. So to mark that special feat, we are joined by our resident quiz host and host of um, Mallover Conglomerate's Long Snapper podcast, our, our American football cousin from across the pond. He um, likes American things. Adam Foxcroft. Welcome, Adam. Welcome back. <laughs> I mean, we're just rehashing what we've done before. Yeah. Ultimately, aren't we? I mean, we've not even bothered to rebudge it. No, 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 no. It's it's punching chat. Mark 12 or whatever this is. Different questions, to be clear. I I imagine that's a duplication. We've done it (laughs) enough times. I was going to say, some of the answers are the same. (laughs) Um, I've I've got some new buttons for sound effects as well, because I I can't find the old ones. Uh, no, 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 no. Let, let's rephrase that. It's not because you can't find the old ones, Adam. <coughs> we, you know, we, don't, we don't bullshit our listeners on this. You're not going okay. to pay for the new ones or the yeah, old ones. The, the shitty free app that I used to use um, now requires money if I want to access those buttons that I had set up beautifully. Unbelievable. Do you remember, do you remember the time that somebody listened to Punch and Chat and left a review about the, uh, that obviously had no idea? 
about the sound effects meaning points and complained about the pointless, <laughs> actual pointless um, sound effects that were being used in the middle of the podcast. Well, I mean, this is, they're only going to hate this more. Um, yeah. but they're, they're, the not, they're not. They're not. Is it a Mister a Mister C Murray from Belfast? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know who you're talking about. That sounds like a joke name. Yeah, Mr. B. Oddy. <laughs> what does that even mean? That, that's Bill Oddy. <laughs> right. Anyway, punching. We're going to go for some punching chat. Adam, you're going to take us through it, and uh, going to try and make it mildly humorous and/or informative. Oh, we're, we're probably going to fail on both of those. I imagine uh, standard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you if you remember the rules. Um, let's just just imagine Formula One and how that's implemented. And this is going to be about as fair. Um, if you, I mean, there, there are vaguely points. I may get the points wrong. This is a point. This is, I don't know, two points. No, that's the bad sound. Uh, that's loser point. That's two points. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Um, shall I ask some questions? Yeah, you can do. They're, just just be aware that there will be sound effects that may or may not mean points on or off yeah. if, this, if this is the first time you're listening to it. I like a full audit of uh, yeah, don't, the sound effects. And don't try and keep score via the sound effects. Although it would be interesting if anybody is going to keep score, I'd expect Pat to do it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah. Um, Patrick will know. Uh, we, I don't even need to tell you the score. He'll know by the end. Um, how many points each person should have. Not how podcasts work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, shall we start? Let's go. I've already uh, screwed this up. Um, no, actually, no, we're all right. So we will start with a rugby question because every time we've done this in the past, that's, that's what I've done. Um, so given the rise to fame of Leicester's Nick Dolly, What's the worst Barnet you've ever seen on a rugby pitch? And let's start with Dougie. Um, well, my original answer was going to be somebody that somebody else had already claimed. Um, it's a tough question because rugby players seem to go out of the way to look like fucking belters on a rugby pitch. But um, it, I don't know. Is is it even a is it even a, a thing to have a shit haircut as a rugby player anymore? I'm not sure it is really. Um, oh. I'm trying desperately to fill while I find my answer, but many rugby <laughs> players have, um, you know, gone for the, the the reverse mullet, the full mullet, the flock of seagulls, the mohawk. What not many rugby players have done, especially current rugby players, is gone for the full on lose all of your hair and then find it again. And with that in <laughs> with that in mind, I'm going to say Andy Good because. The absolutely mind-melting arrogance it must take to think that you need a hair replacement or that anyone cares that you don't have hair to the point where you feel you need to replace it uh, is a measure of the man. <laughs> mind-melting um... arrogance. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, Russ, you can attest to it. I mean, what... What would need to happen for you to have hair replacement therapy? <laughs> um, maybe a mild stroke, uh, some sort of, some sort of. Uh... I mean, does it does it annoy you that yours only grows out of your chin? Well, no, you kind of just get you kind of get used to it, and and actually, you know, there there is something to be said that. Um, would you do it, it if you were sponsored? Well, no. I was... I was going to say, I mean, the all over invitational raise funds for Russ to get hair replacement therapy. Wasn't that what it was all about? Oh, mate, that would be incredible. <laughs> I, and I reckon we'd actually make more money if the next all over invitational was to raise money for Russ to have hair again. <laughs> Can I go to Turkey and have a, a full on pl like, pl like Wayne Rooney? No, no, it's not going to be full on. It's going to be patterned. It's going to be patchy. Yeah, Bobby Charlton. I, I went, I went, I went for a, I went for a phase when I was when it was on the way out, and I actually found a photograph of me the other day where I had a, an Alan Shearer style island, oh. where I where I refused, I refused to, 
to, to let it go. And I thought to myself, no, just go bold disgracefully because it's more fun. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I just, yeah, it was all about shaving it off. There you I go. Can't, I, oh, you did answer. You said Andy Good. I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> this is all about Russ, really. <laughs> Phil, can you think of a Barnet worse than Russ's? Uh, only just, only just, and I suspect it might have been the one that Doug wanted to go for because there is only really one answer for this. Um, there is a modern trend at the moment of players, and it's very popular with the with the teens shaving the sides, shaving and progressively getting slightly higher, shaving the the sides of their hair off. But there's only one person I know who is working progressively from the front towards the back, shaving their hair off. So started with taking the first couple of inches of fringe off and is now at the stage where basically if you imagine a clock face there is hair from kind of 12 to 10 on the clock face and that is it a little patch on the back of his head now uh, obviously I'm talking about Tom Dunn the worst haircut ever in the history of the planet let alone rugby uh, but he can get away with it because it's for charity um, for charity mate but uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. If I had a haircut that shit, I would want to be doing slightly better than the Just Giving is for his haircut at the moment, which sits at £222. <laughs> <laughs> so he's had that shit hair since July for £222 from 15 people donating. Oh, my God. So not only is it shit, it's not even worth it. Oh, my <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? <laughs> Uh, I mean, wow. That's yeah. And um, Ben, give us. Yeah, I imagine. Well, sorry, go on, mate. I'm I'm going for a repeat offender. Um, who I also think Doug might have gone for, because uh, he plays for Doug's club. Um, Tamana Harrison, who was last seen by me with some kind of horrendous Amish-style beard. Um, but if you go back far enough, you will see something that takes what Phil just described Tom Dunn's current hair to be like, but but pairs it with um, almost waist-length dreadlocks. <laughs> so uh, a number four at the front, then from ears down, dreadlocks at the back. And um, it can't be justified. A, re- a real business at the front <laughs> pie and the back yeah. vibe. <laughs> more, it's more kind of business at the front homeless at the back yeah <laughs> <laughs> football bit... crowd at the front swampy at the back yeah, <laughs> yeah. V- a bit vagrant at the back creamfields at the front glastonbury at the back <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that probably oh, wins it crusty juggler uh russ i mean I'm I'm glad you've you've left me till last. There are there are plenty of candidates. I mean, Gavin Henson has had some shockers along the the David Beckham type vibe. Um, but for me, and I think this is the one that Doug wanted specifically. Actually, um, everyone's favourite front row chopper, Joe Marler, um, the the self proclaimed king of banter. Mr. I, you know, I can do whatever I want because A, I'm a bit of a geezer. B, I could say um, mental health and C, you know, everybody other than apparently us just love him. Um, when he had the word sausage shaved into his hair. That was the exact one. I <laughs> and when it, you know, he's he had the word head shaved onto his head. He's had <laughs> loads of variants of a mohawk in in several different colors um and yeah like he he's just an absolute melt of a human being uh the only other one i will mention an honorable mention is for for jack Knowles rat's tail hmm. oh and, 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 and james and james o'connor's um french braids he <laughs> could be here for hours to be fair um, uh, and Johnny Hill, full stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, question two. 
Uh, we are here doing punching chat as it's filling the standard slot following the early rounds of European club rugby. Um, but what other aspects of sport can you really not be bothered talking about? And we'll start with Ben. <clears throat> not far from where Russ lives, um, there is a footbridge over the A30. <clears throat> and if I went and stood on that for two hours, it would accurately replicate watching Formula One on the telly. <laughs> it, it's got to be the most boring sport going and everyone was banging on about it this weekend and uh, I feel a bit like um, Sarah does when I start talking to her about rugby and she just sort of glazes over and just literally doesn't care what whatever occurred on the rugby pitch she's just not bothered and that's how I feel about the Formula One and uh, it's just people driving around in circles isn't it accurate yeah Russ, um, oh well, for, I I am one of those apathetic people about Formula One. I, I still hate it, even subsequent of yesterday's um, yesterday's events. But I, I was intrigued by it this weekend more than more than I have ever been before. However, my answer to this question, um, the thing that I don't want to talk about in rugby, uh, in rugby, in sport in general at the minute is. The uh, the English batting lineups consistent amount of failure. The oh, if Joe, if Joe Root doesn't score runs, it looks like England just don't score runs. Yes, they put up a bit of a fight in the second innings, but actually, when Root and Milan, it wasn't that much of a fight because when Root and Milan got out, they fucking capitulated again. Um, and I'm just fed up to the back teeth of having the same conversation listening to the same pundits listening to the same people talking about um england's batting depth and middle order and top order fragility absolutely i couldn't agree more um on another note we should do a long leg podcast again soon yeah why not (laughs) talk about all those things um phil um what can't you be bothered talking about well i'll um i'll third the f1 being relatively sterile and it's a perfect example of how if you take away any rules that lead to anything that's fun sport just becomes dull as dishwater when they made the cars safe it stopped being fun they want to have a rule that they can't tighten the wheel nuts up too much so that every so often one just goes flying off into the distance out of bit jeopardy um but when when you get something happen like Stuart Hogg moving to Exeter and rugby. It's all exciting. People want to talk about it. It's great. When you get Ronaldo moving to United, it's obviously a massive talking point. I honestly cannot be fucked listening to anything about any kind of transfer rumour. It is the worst piece of shit that anybody can ever come up with that's purely there to inflate contracts and to line agents' pockets and to give Russ something to talk about for the last two minutes of the podcast. It's just... Like, just do away with it. Let's talk about it if people move. I cannot be bothered talking about rumours. And <laughs> um, finally, Dougie. Um, <clears throat> I mean, this this could lead to me losing my job. It could lead to me <laughs> um, being deleted from all social media by everyone. It could lead to me um, being named any number of things. But <clears throat> I just... Um, I've spent the last two or three years doing a podcast about rugby and being involved in rugby and other sports and whatnot. And I, for one, no longer want to talk about any kind of social justice warriorism or um, social conscience um, ism in sport. I just leave me at, like, I don't want all I want to do is watch somebody ride a motorbike around the track at 230 miles an hour and potentially come off it and crash into a bunch of tires. I want a footballer to just pang a goal into the top corner and a rugby player to smash each other to bits. I don't then need to be told that I need to be nicer to gays. Just just let me watch the sport. Don't have to be nicer to anybody. Can I be equally as horrible to everybody? Yeah. Can I not give a fuck about everything equally (laughs) (laughs) very good all right um very good not many points 
I think you're fine. Like, <laughs> points. In fact, you've scored more than anybody else for that question. Um, I mean, well, I, can I, I have some more points, please? I, I, I thought the whole point of as soon as, 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 well, soon as people asked for points, they, they were... Yeah. yeah well, I'm only keeping it current in line with uh, Christian Horner and Toto Wolff's performance at the weekend. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of which, that brings us nicely onto, onto question three. After that debacle, um, can you name another occasion that has simply been ruined by officiating? And let's start with Phil this time. So I'm going to take you back to the 27th of June 2010 uh, Football World Cup, England against Germany. England go 2-0 down, get a goal back. Matthew Upson scores a goal. And Frank Lampard hits what has got to be the best right peg of his life. Ball hits the, the underside of the crossbar, clearly goes over the line by about three foot and then bounces back out again. And the official team decide that it never crossed the line and don't give a goal. Um, and England effectively capitulate and forget what they're trying to do because they, all they can think about is the fact they've been robbed and end up losing the game 4-1. Um, and that World Cup will always be remembered in England as the one where it got screwed over by a lack of VAR. I, I'd like to give that more points, but I think if I'm honest with myself, my memory of that game is that it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. yeah. We lost um, four, we lost 4-1. We, it was 2-1 at the time when it went in. Yeah, but we were being, so we were being battered. We were being outclassed that day. And Not I, like the, fi- the 15, we were for the first half now, the 15 minutes leading up to that, we were all over them. Mm. All yeah. over the Germans we were. All I'm not giving them. you any more points. That's fine. <laughs> I won't ask for them because I'm not like Dougie. I mean, you did literally ask for, for more points. In a, in a sarcastic <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. This whole thing's a fix anyway. Pat knows who's going to win. <laughs> I mean, keep keep going. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I I've never won anything on any kind of all over quiz. So. Oh come on, that's so transparent. <laughs> but it's but it's true. I'm not going to win. It's fine. It's like the guy the guy at a raffle who wins a bottle of wine. Oh, you never win anything on a on a, on a raffle, and then oh, he no, subsequently I'm... wins fucking everything. Yeah, I'm he's never time. won anything but other than the genetic lottery. Yeah, I'll take that one. Dougie, um, what has been butchered by officiating? Uh, This was difficult for me, but I I actually, in keeping with the motorsport um, sort of theme of this weekend, there was a a MotoGP in um, 2018, I think, where... Kind of a kind of a weird situation. There was on the warm up lap of the race, it started carting down with rain. Now, obviously, it's not as easy to change tyres in uh, in MotoGP as it is in Formula One, and obviously, riding around on two wheels with no grip isn't isn't that much fun. Now, the the rain had been forecast, but only one rider, Jack Miller, decided to put wet tyres on. So he had it actually had intermediate tires on. So the rules are that if you you when you're on the warm up lap, you can come into the pits at the end of the warm up lap, but you can't change tires. You can only change tires in the pit lane. So you have to start from the pit lane. Now what had happened was everyone had got back to the grid. Nobody had come in for fresh tires. So Jack Miller was the only one on the appropriate tire for the race. Everyone else start waving frankly. Oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Stop the race. Stop the race. They stop the race. Now, the rules in that situation are that everyone then has to start from the pit lane. So, Jack Miller would have been on his own on the grid with 20 other bikes in the pit lane, and they wouldn't have been allowed to go until he was past the end of the pit lane. But um, Dorna, who are the motorbike equivalent of the FIA, decided that this was a bit silly because the whole race was, uh, you know, effectively um, going to be won by Jack Miller because it'd be so far ahead that it'd be difficult for people to catch. Now, Jack Miller had never won a race at this point, I don't think, um, and he was on a satellite team bike, so he was on a, a not very fast bike, and um, he's a very popular rider. So everyone was like, this is amazing, it's going to be great. Dawn had decided, now what we'll do... We'll let everyone change their tires and then they can go on the grid, but they have to start five rows back from pole position. 
So we were left with a situation where you had Jack Miller on pole, then a gap of about 60 metres, and then all the other bikes in grid order. It was so farcical. And it, it ruined what could have been one of the greatest MotoGPs ever because the riders would have had to come back, get to Miller. Miller would have been defending. It would have been brilliant as it happened. Everyone else was on the appropriate tyres and they all just blasted off and had a normal race. And it, and it ruined what could have been fantastic. And it all uh, sounds very, since. very familiar about making the rules up as you go along. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Did anyone else fall asleep during that? <laughs> a little bit. Wow. Little bit. I, was, I gave the odd point here and there just to be polite. And, uh, who's next? Russ? Um, I'm, I'm going to go for a little Homer pick on this one. Um, homo pick? Not a homo pick. You can't say that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, who remembers Old Trafford's 4th of January 2005? Roy Carroll uh, and Pedro no, Mendes. The, the Ashes? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Roy Carroll and Pedro Mendes. The 84th minute, nil-nil. Tottenham never win at Old Trafford. I mean, in 2005, Tottenham didn't win in a lot of places. Um, and we seem to have come full, full circle. But nil-nil yeah, with five minutes to go. And, and Pedro Mendes looks up from, well, miles away. And sees Roy Carroll off his line. Carroll spills it. It goes in the goal by quite some distance. But yet the referee and the linesman are the only two people potentially in the entire country who didn't think it was a goal. Um, Man United nearly went straight back down the other end and, and won the game with a Gabriel Heinz a free kick, if I remember rightly, which was saved by Paul Robinson. But the game ended nil-nil. Um, and, you know, ruining... Tottenham, one of Tottenham's best chances to win at Old Trafford for what would have been quite a considerable period of time. I, I remember the memes with that one and there was the the white goal line suddenly loops all around the ball to prove it hadn't crossed the line. Um, I mean, it's not dissimilar from Phil's answer. Like, yeah, e- equally farcical. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have... They, fi- they fixed that problem, un- unusually in sport. Yeah. Um, goal line technology. Um, ben... Well, I was going to say uh, Truro under-12s against Snooky under-12s in 1993, <laughs> but I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, only game we lost that season. Um, so I'm going to stick with uh, Rugby Union 2011 to 2021. <laughs> Do you need me to expand on that? Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm starting with uh, Sam Warburton's red card in the semi-final of the World Cup, and I'm taking in every single time a referee has touched their earpiece and gone high tempo. I've just spotted some minor foul play. Let's stop the game and go back and ruin everyone's fun. And we'll play three hours of advantage and we'll go back and ruin everyone's fun. And someone's brushed someone's forehead with their little finger and they better be sent off. And let's slow the game down and just keep everyone bored and annoyed you know like across sport everything's got much shitter i think phil you said it a minute ago it got it's got much shitter the more people have tried to make it safer yeah i i I wouldn't mind when formula one drivers were in were in jeopardy of dying where like motorcyclists let's not have tire walls let's keep it 100% 100% concrete. Forget all this safety. Make it concrete. Maybe they'll Massive get Massive spikes instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that's right. Yeah. I remember... Climbing, climbing for dollars. Um, I remember the Monte Carlo Grand Prix. I think it was 95, 96, something like that. And there was only seven or eight cars that finished. Yeah. Because the rest of them had crashed. And it was the most enjoyable hour and a half yeah, but related to a why, car ever. Why they don't crash anymore and why they don't blow up. People died. No, it's uh, the the drive for reliability is solely predicated on the fact that the sponsors don't want their cars not on telly for two hours. Yeah. The um the yeah, best but... ever the best ever Monte Carlo race was the one with the man with the moustache drove with his dog. The 
pink lady in the pink car, <laughs> the uh, group of cavemen and the group of monsters. <laughs> Mate, I wonder where you're the, the guy that drove with his dog couldn't work it out for ages. All right. Um, I've like, lost Russ. Oh, <laughs> mate, that's class. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's got their level. Um, right, let's look at the scores. Phil, it won't surprise you to know you are currently in last place on eight points. Russ, you're on 11, cool. Ben on 12, and Doug on 14. Um, next time Easy. now for the... Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's time now for the platinum Jiffy Bag question answer match my answer and you'll get an additional nine points and given the fact that the scoring system seems to have dumbed down um that's a massive reward so regardless of whether formula one applied the rules correctly we're not going to get into that uh, but what is the worst rule in sports and um, russell let's kick us off oh a double s and a double l um yeah well for no, me, I, I spelt it incorrectly one just s, two one s. <laughs> For me, um, and thinking about who the host is and Platinum Jiffy Bag, and I don't know whether we've actually talked about this on our um, Baby Sister podcast, but I think one of the worst rules in sport is the NFL overtime coin toss. Simply because, like, I mean, nine times out of ten, if you get the ball first, you get an unbelievable advantage to just end the game there and then with a, with a touchdown. Um, obviously, if you only score, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you only score a field goal, then the other team have the opportunity to get the ball. And if they only score a field goal, then it's next score wins. It's only, it's it, only in the last 10 years that, that it's you not, didn't just have to, you could win it with a field goal before. Yeah. yeah. So, and, but, so, so I don't mind those kind of, that kind of element to it, but it's the coin toss that gets me. And I think the best way to solve it, and I, I don't, I think I've, I've read a couple of places where where people agree, is that so the the team that get the ball in the um, the first half or the first possession in overtime are the team with the most offensive yards, and that might lead to slightly more engaging football. And rather than a, the lottery of a coin toss, coin toss, it's actually something that's earned during normal time. Yeah, win beat. You know, if you're that worried about it, beat beat the team you're playing in in 60 minutes. Yeah, or, well, do, I'm, the, I'm, or, or do the coin toss when you do the original coin toss and just have it in the so you know you know what you're likely to face at the end of it. I get. I, I, it's it's a nice answer. I just think it, it's a bit like people that moan about a penalty shootout when actually nobody's come up with anything better for 30 years and. Secretly, we all really enjoy them. You know, I love, I love overtime. It's the, well, you know, I think, I think Phil might have just hit on something though. Is a, a double <laughs> coin toss before the game, and say, right, if it goes to overtime, we'll do the coin toss now. Ooh, yeah, yeah. They're not going to do it. No, you're right. I have another point. Um, Ben, what's the worst rule in sport? Um, mine's NFL as well. Um, I was, it's probably because it's just stuck in my head because I was watching some highlights this morning. But every time there's a turnover nowadays, it seems to be called back for roughing the passer. And, um, you know, it seems to be that the threshold is the quarterback's thrown it, the ball's six inches out of his hand and he gets tackled and it's still a late tackle. And... Um, I just uh, I go back far enough with NFL to remember when um, quarterbacks were sort of treated like the um, fox in a fox hunt, and uh, if if the defense can't get say that, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course it's illegal. It's illegal now, so uh, it's just historical. It's fine, um, and, uh, that's and yeah, what, that's what Operation <laughs> Utree said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, these guys are paid, say like, that. paid multi-million dollar contracts. They can take their risks like the rest of us. I, 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 I assume, Ben, you're not. 
Go on, Phil. I, I was going to say, I assume, Ben, you're not talking about the new modern-day fox hunting and the quarterback has to piss on a rag and then have the rag dragged around so that the dogs can follow it. I believe several NFA, NFL players have been suspended for that. similar behaviour, but yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that's... Uh, no, I mean, um, I mean sort of getting scragged by Lawrence Taylor and torn to pieces. Everything I, was better. I'll refer, refer you back to when there was Jeopardy and people... We're getting yeah. killed, killed for stuff. <laughs> All right, Douglas. Yeah, um, there's only one real answer for this, and that's uh, go. We're, we're gonna we're gonna travel to the sweaty towel kid throwing competition tennis, and the juice <laughs> the juice rule. What nobody needs is an extra ten minutes on every match because nobody can score a point. Just get to get to three. I think that's right. Yeah, get to three, and then whoever Ooh. gets the fourth point wins, and we move on. Yeah. I mean, you've filmed enough tennis to know how many points you need to win for a game. Uh, it's four, right? <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. four tennises and move on. We don't need to keep having four and a half tennises. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, Philip. Um. So this is actually something that I think NFL in one way has got very right um, and tennis has very wrong. Um, but it's about, so professional sport is about having a team around you that, that build your technique, build your tactics, help support you along the way. And yet we still have these sports like tennis and like cricket where there's restrictions on the amount of coaching that the coaching can team, team can do during a match time and we had this farcical situation where last I think it was last year England were holding out cards with numbers outside the window which apparently was not tactics because that would be illegal it was just uh, recommendations of what people were having for tea or something I, I can't remember but why why not allow a coach to speak to a sports person during a match and actually give them a bit of coaching advice and earn their money like you see it all the time. Tennis players look up to their coaching boxes and they're, and they're not allowed to receive any advice. They just give them a little smile and a nod. Well, obviously they've all got some kind of code going on. Just let them do it. I'm, yeah. I as long as it doesn't shit. hold, as long as it doesn't as cause it doesn't, delays. Yeah, well, and that's, yeah, and that's the side where American football's gone too far is that it, it kind of everything stops so that they can have a little chat and the WI meeting in between each time they chuck the ball around. I, I would argue that in cricket, I would rather them hold up signs from the dressing room than run fucking gloves on every 30 seconds (laughs) or fucking water or impromptu drinks breaks. But I'd rather they held up a sign that said, stick it two inches outside off stump because James Vince is batting and he'll edge it to slips (laughs) than one that says six. (laughs) Very good. Okay. Um, None none of you stumbled across the platinum jiffy bag answer um which That's is incredible it's, probably... it's um it's, I, no, it's <laughs> no the plat anything i would have given you nine points for anything related to the 16.4 the 100 um, <laughs> anything whatsoever connected <laughs> with that monstrosity would have got you nine points and um, but you all missed it incredibly right, ne- next up despite everything that's happened um, Lewis Hamilton says the only regret he has is that he didn't go plant-based sooner. Um, it's possible I've taken that a little bit out of context. But who's your favourite sporting vegan? Um, we will start with Ben. Uh, well, <clears throat> it couldn't be anyone that's gone vegan through choice. So I've gone for Le- for Allegro, the horse. That's, um... most of their isn't most of their feed sort of beef you know chicken based no that's pigs you're thinking of yeah, um, yeah. it's it, you feed beef burgers to swans um <laughs> <laughs> you can't say no, that man it's, it's most most mostly hay i would imagine um but um yeah it's, it's two, two gold medals that. that horse has got i mean that horse is probably in some very expensive food, I'd imagine, but uh, none of it out for steak while the, the trainers yeah. aren't looking. Well, I was just going to say none of it's steak based. <laughs> um, Doug, um, I, I'm just refusing to com- to uh, participate in this. Okay, <laughs> I guess you a couple of points, Phil. So I thought I'd I would um, 
take this seriously and actually do a bit of research on it, which is very unlike me. Um, <laughs> and I, I quickly found that the sporting vegans fit into three categories, really. There's the cunts, bigger cunts, and even bigger cunts. Well, let's <laughs> let's start let's start with the cunts. So the people who are vegan and have to tell you about it all the time, and actually don't really understand half the shit that they're talking about. Don't understand that actually going plant based is probably worse for your carbon footprint. Um, so I'm talking your Lewis Hamilton's, your Novak Djokovic's, people like that. Then you've got your your vegans who actually just do it to because they think it's popular, but actually don't really do it until their career is pretty much over. So your your David Hayes, your Jermaine Defoe's, your Nate Diaz's, and people like that who are just jumping on some kind of train because everybody else is doing it. Then you got the ones who say they're vegans, and then actually you you read the small print and they say they're mostly vegan. But well, I like um, fish. Yeah. No, I know. That I'm, most, I'm mostly vegan, but during my two months pre pre um, training camp, I obviously need considerably more energy, and so I consume a lot of meat during that time period. But then after I've done my sporty thing, I'm no longer vegan. Uh, I am vegan. So your Venus and your Serena Williams is. So the simple answer is that there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what I did at the start, that gets you lots of points. Um, and Russ, you haven't answered. No, and I wanted to. I wanted to answer this question a lot along the lines of the way Doug did. Um, so I basically just googled famous sporting vegans. The first person that came up was Novak Djokovic, and he's won the most trophies. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and that's it. Fair enough. Disappointed none of you said Chris Rea's wife. Um, I think it was. Um, does she eat fish? No. Doesn't eat that either. <laughs> well played. All right, next question. Um, after a brief rally from England's batsman on the third day of the first test of Brisbane, when else has an underdog given you hope that has actually just proved to be futile? Um, Russ, I'll go straight back to you. Well, I haven't answered this question yet. Um, so I think... Would you like to do it last? I think I'd better add, <laughs> just in case. Okay. Uh, ben? Um, yeah, so... Um, most of you probably wiped this tour from your mind, but the British Lions in 2005, when... Um, the Lions was quite a big brand at the time. They, they'd had the 97 tour and the 01 tour and they were going to New Zealand for the first time in a long time. And um, they took, I don't know, 400 players with them and um, got hammered 21-3 in the first test. Made a lot of changes. Brian O'Driscoll was out. Gareth Thomas came in as captain, did a good job as captain and scored a try after about two minutes in the second test versus the All Blacks. Everyone watching thought, ah, we finally arrived. Um, then Johnny Wilkinson hit the post with a penalty. And from that point, Danny Carter took over and we got well and truly cartered 48-18. But just for, just for about five minutes, it looked like the Lions were going to be world beaters. I think that, that's exactly what the kind of thing I was looking for, um, for what it's worth, because you, some of you moaned about this being an impossible question. Um, Dougie. Which question are we talking about? <laughs> the under, an underdog that has given you hope that's turned oh, well, look, I'm a Northampton Saints fan, so there's only ever going to be one answer. That's the 2011 <laughs> Heineken Cup final when we were 22-6 up at halftime and pumping Leinster in every facet of the game. We went off and Jim Mallander gave what can only be described as one of the worst halftime team talks ever. And we came out and shat the bed in such unique fashion that Johnny Sexton became a legend. I still, I still single-handedly put down the myth of Johnny Sexton to um, Jim Mallander. Are we getting to the root of some of your deep-seated anti-Irish sentiments here, Dougie? No, Do I just stem back. To I mean, game? I can't. I can't. You know, they can't. <laughs> 
All right. Um, Phil. Best fans in sport, though, aren't they? Best fans in sport. Yeah, turn up, get pissed, wave flags. Everyone loves them. Oh, we're such a good crack, aren't we? No, you're fucking miserable shits. A lot of you. Um, can't so, say uh, that, can you? Yeah, you can. So <laughs> <laughs> you can, that you can say. Um, so being a supporter of a perennially un, uh, poor football club, one of the better <laughs> term, um, Southampton. Every time a new manager comes along, there's there's a bit of optimism, um, and they make a few good signings, and you get a couple of people in close season, and you think fill the gaps that you've got, um, and that's happened many a time for Southampton, but it's it's become a microcosm of itself over the last three years since we've got Ralph Hasenhutel in charge. Pretty much once a month, we'll be playing a, a quality side, a top half, a top six side, and we will get ahead in the first 10 minutes and we'll stay ahead for about 65 minutes and then end up losing 4-1. In the last three years... Saints have dropped 71 points from winning positions in the Premier League, which is 15 more than any other side. So, yeah, every week is the answer to your question. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, Have you thought of an answer yet, Russ? Uh, Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, I mean, this England cricket team um, (laughs) have been doing this for absolutely years. So my answer to this question about the England cricket team is actually the England cricket team. And I'm going (laughs) to use specifically the Ashes of 2019 at home, where a fairly mediocre Australia team turned up um, off the back of sort of sandpaper gate. Warner and Smith were back in as long as, as well as this lad called Labashagni. Um, who was basically a very <laughs> tiny Steve Smith. The first test, we rock up to Edgebaston, full of full of hope, but not expectation. James Anderson is injured in the first, uh, well, probably the first 25 minutes, so we can't bowl anymore. But we still manage to bowl Australia out for 284. We then get a first innings lead of 90. Amazing. England have got a first in his lead at Edgebaston in the first test, only for the second innings where Australia scored 487 for seven. Steve Smith batted with the tail, and I think he scored something ridiculous, like about 60 to 70 runs just with the tail, without letting any of the them get a, get a sniff. They subsequently bowled England out for 146 to go 1-0 up. That's the same series where we we managed to level it up at Headingley through Ben Stokes, where we had all of the hope, but no expectation after being bowled out for 60-odd in the first innings. Um, so the England cricket team, wherever we go, whatever we do, we'll always find a time in the series to be the underdog and then still give hope and disappoint. Considering you hadn't thought of that answer till just a couple of minutes ago, it's an excellent answer. That that series annoys me now every time I think about it. Um, it's the fact that Ben Stokes, that innings from Ben Stokes was in vain, effectively. Yeah, because they went because they go because they go to Old Trafford and get fucking pumped afterwards. Yeah. Embarrassment. Okay, um, the BBC you may have seen today have announced their Sports Personality of the Year nominees um, for one of the worst um, evenings you can possibly imagine on television. I won't be watching, um, but with that in mind, who would be your sports personality of the year who isn't on the BBC shortlist? Um, we will start with Dougie. Um, well, it's a bit of a oxymoron, isn't it, this whole sports personality thing? Because I don't think anyone with an actual personality has won it since about, well... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Stop, 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 so. stop, stop there, Doug. You can finish that sentence there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with some, a rugby personality that I actually really enjoy watching, and that is Max Laheef. Um His series on Instagram, The Beef with Laheef, which is Max Laheef cooking various items of 
food I, as a bit of a closet chef or as Russ that is an Alan Partridge program idea isn't it <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> as, as a, a bit of a closet foodie um or as Russ would refer to me pretentious cunt yeah um it is actually quite good fun uh the beef with Lahif I can't recommend it highly enough he seems like a, a good bloke and um one of the rugby players that actually does seem to have a, a genuine screw loose as opposed to some that pretend to have a screw loose looking at you um stupid haircut man um <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let, let's all vote for max laheef um and the beef with laheef to get an actual tv run because i'd still, rather watch that than rick stein i'm just trying to work out whether you're saying that i've got a screw loose or haven't got a screw loose or well, given me you, mate. arrogant much well you, you <laughs> talked about stupid haircut and there aren't many oh sorry yeah. yeah, yeah, the other Jesus one. Jesus Christ! See now, I'm just out got, your own rectum, mate. And, that, oh, and yeah. that's and that's why I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. And I was sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll 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 come on to uh, to me talking about me, I guess. Oh well, should we go there now? Um, who's who's your sports personality of the year, Russ? I mean, let, let's talk about someone who has uh, competed across multiple disciplines in sport throughout 2021 someone who um has potentially been on the golf course someone who has made a first team rugby comeback someone who organized a <laughs> monumentally um successful i mean not single-handedly obviously but pretty much um charity <laughs> event um did he, the did only, he also knock the down the can of cider when knocked out as well the, he, he did. Um, he v- vagrantly flaunted um, head injury assessment laws. Um, the only thing that he let him down, that he let himself down was was a pathetic th- field goal attempt. Um, so I would like to put myself forward for BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Um, and I, you know, ag- agreeably or not, on this podcast and beyond. Um, have a bit of a personality. No looks, just a bit of a personality. Um, this is for your field goal attempt, by the way. <laughs> fucked, <laughs> it for, fucked it for charity. Yeah, yeah. Um, ben, have you got anyone real um, that you uh, like yeah. to put forward? I follow that. Um, so uh, I I wanted to go for uh, an Olympian, and because um, it's an Olympic year, and I think. Normally, it should be an Olympian in Olympic year. And um, I'm going for the most successful person in their discipline of, um, of all time who retained the gold medal. Um, so I think we probably all remember uh, maybe the 80s or 90s watching gymnastics on the Olympics. And it would be Russia and China and America giving everyone a hide in. And then Sharon from Croydon would be just shown at the end, face planting on <laughs> some parallel bars and uh, walking off crying. And um, now so we've hand, got handstand against a wall. Yeah, uh, but now we've got quite a quite a successful um, gymnastics team, and we've got the most successful horsist of all time, who's Max Whitlock, um, and he retained his gold with a near perfect score. So and his, uh, I think and his he should horse... be on the shortlist. His horse actually is a vegan. There you go. Yep. Yep. Chalk, chalk is also vegan. <laughs> and finally, Phil, your sports personality. There's so much about what Ben said that's right. Um, it should be an Olympian and it should be somebody who has been at the top of their sport for quite a long time. Um, and uh, this person actually quit their sport after the Rio Games, had a year off. And then decided that they weren't ready to quit. So came back with an eye to the 2020 Olympics, which became the 2021, by which time they were 33, which is quite old for this sport. Um, went in for a team event uh, and came silver and openly admitted at the end of it that he thought he was probably too old to win any other medals. So he was quite happy with the silver. Came out in for, for a second event and uh, came eighth. And then in the Kieran, 
absolutely smashed the pack to smithereens, winning by over three quarters of a second, which is just phenomenal. Is now Britain's most successful Olympian ever. Seven gold medals, nine medals overall. Um, Jason Kenny. Uh, and it probably helps a bit that his wife's got a few medals as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they won't. Um, rename the leisure centre though it's still the Laura Trot leisure centre and um, they'd have to change all the signs um, incredibly Phil you are in the joint lead um, you've come from nowhere uh, you're on thir- 31 points level with Dougie Ben is on 25 Russ on 28 any other business um, Ben you are trailing um, you've got some work to do best of um, luck well I, I'd just like to mention a few things. Um, isn't Alistair Cook great? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, hope, I hope the Tennessee Titans win the Super Bowl. Um, Spurs exist. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd just like to talk about Christmas starting in November. I know this is an old, old uh, hobby horse probably, but it's, it's quite annoying. So let's start talking about Christmas, about December the 4th. I think it's an American thing. I, in a, and, the, and the other thing that annoys me is how big Halloween's become. It always used to be Guy Fawkes night was, was the big one. And uh, Halloween was just the warm up. But I suppose more appropriately now, bonfire night's the warm up. Um, but yeah, Halloween's just too big now. Um, you know, kids running around, dressing up for weeks on end, you know, practicing and you can't get any tungsten tip screws anywhere <laughs> it's a solid stop, effort i'll say stop that. being so american <laughs> russ any other business um yeah so i'm i mean there's something that we've probably all been fed up with for, for quite a while but it's becoming more more and more prevalent. The more news outlets, the more news things you can find online. Now Facebook has got its own little news icon. There's one on Instagram, every piece of social media. And it's clickbait articles. And, oh, you'll never guess who said what about this. Oh, you'll never guess who did this on their show today. And so-and-so said this about someone completely out of context, like on the headline. And then you read, and then you get drawn into reading it and suck down some kind of rabbit hole. And it was just a completely innocent conversation. It was just completely, just the most frustrating thing in the entire world is clickbait articles for me at the moment. And I get sucked into them every single time. Um, Learn, learn from it. Yeah. I think I've got better at realizing that you won't get what you think what the article get. headline says. Absolutely. You will. Yeah. Um, Local right. idiot named sports personality of the year. Is <laughs> <laughs> it Raheem Sterling winning it? Whoa. Wow. Can't say that. <laughs> Bill, give us your any other business. Um, so obviously COVID's been a big part of everybody's life for the last few years, a uh, couple, couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't really want to talk about whether policies are right oh, or wrong or any of that crap, <laughs> but can people just please stop comparing things with COVID to Nazi Germany? People <laughs> on both sides do it. Marcus Fish, who is the Yeovil MP, Yeovil MP. What about um, Exactly. On Radio 5 Live this morning was comparing having to either show that you've been vaccinated or have had a negative test to get into a venue to Nazi Germany, where if you didn't have a paper saying you weren't a Jew, you got locked in a cupboard with a load of nasty chemicals. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's just farcical. Yeah. Having a vaccine passport is like Nazi Germany. But when people come across here on boats and you don't mind if they sink, that's perfectly acceptable. I've just, yeah, I, I'm just absolutely done with this uh, with this government generally but and with just people being dicks. The problem is people only know two things in history, which is... Henry VIII. Henry VIII and the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. And you can't really match this to Henry VIII, so they just go for the Nazis. <laughs> if, if only in history there was something that, was a little bit like this plague of illness, perhaps <laughs> like something called a plague. 
or Spanish flu. Yeah, Spanish yeah. Or something like that. Well, yeah. Also, if you're going to Not- use a war analogy to compare this government to anyone, surely you'd use the Argentines invading the Falklands. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, started but- off with good intentions and a bloke with a fancy suit who looks a bit of a mess. Gave it the big and got their asses kicked, and we're just waiting to get over there and beat them up. Um, more importantly, Marcus Fish coming back to him again. How, how do you spell fish? We've got four semi-literate people here. How do you spell fish? Well, is it the German spelling with a ch? Uh, no, no, no. I'd accept that. It, it's the. It's I used the, to live in the Oval, so I know how he spells it. It's the Finnish spelling with no i. F-Y-S-H. F-Y-S-H. <laughs> you can do them. He could, think... uh, he could have a series, though, couldn't he? I, I, if he fish if he was, with fish. If he, was from, <laughs> if he was from Sweden, I'd go, yeah, fair enough. He's a fucking Australian. Fish, fish with fish is too, too um, generic, Ben. It would have to be fried fish. Where he tours around various <laughs> where, where shops he, where in he the south, bo- southwest. Where he takes body parts and batters them. <laughs> 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 right, Doug, you just just you to finish this off. Yeah, look, I'm going to go a bit positive today and say that <clears throat> in uh, you know in in these times of which I won't speak too much of, I went to. Um, the the big smoke today and um went to borough market and also to uh what's the other one not borough market near liverpool street spitalfields no yeah maybe um and just people with stalls selling stuff that they put their heart and soul into and it was brilliant it was just a really nice experience had some great food had pheasant ramen which was absolutely banging doesn't and, he play for um, the chiefs pardon doesn't he play for the chiefs pheasant ramen <laughs> <laughs> i mean he could have he could absolutely be an american footballer yeah but you can't call them you can't call them chiefs mate come on I can call it one woman. Jesus Christ. Um, can't say that either. Shit. Um, <laughs> I swear, shit. Fuck, sorry. Um, no, look. Uh, if you do any Christmas shopping, buy local, support the people that are putting their life and soul into making a few quid. They don't want to be millionaires. They just want to put food on their own table while giving you something nice to experience. So do that. Yeah, well said. That was, that was strangely serious productive any other business from everybody there it's a bit weird i'm not sure what to make of it um right final scores um we have russ i'm afraid you trail on 31 ben on 32 but in the final doug on 34 and phil on 36 and the format of the final i mean you are going to defend a statement that i give you um, it's called Defend the Undefendable, and you have to defend a statement for 22 seconds better than the other guy. Um, Doug, you came second, so you can choose whether you go first or second. Um, what's it to be? Um, I'll go second. Okay. Uh, Phil, you can start with defending the following. The Gallagher Premiership should become fully vegan and players caught with traces of animal products in their system should be banned. I 100% agree. Um, Darren Daviduk, former Gloucester hooker, got cancer, turned vegan, and apparently it, it cured him in no time at all. If that's not an example of how ve- going vegan can make life better, God knows what is. Novak Djokovic, Lewis Hamilton, all the best people in the world are vegans. I think we've already clarified that. So let's make rugby players better by making them vegan. And your time is up. Dougie. Russ Milsom shouldn't just win Sports Personality of the Year, but he also deserves an MBE for services to charity. Well, Russ being, you know, one only ever one podcast away from, you know, being com- I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Phil. 
Uh, um, your time isn't even going to finish, Phil. You get the win. Congratulations. Oh, wow. After that, all this monkeying and moaning about never winning anything. No, that is literally a first. I'm going to go and have a beer to celebrate. You should. What a moment. Congratulations, sir. I think this is That's... the highlight of my life. Phil's first ever punching chat victory. It's yeah. impressive. Well, yeah. I mean, by default. Yeah. Handed to him on a plate. All I had to Unreal. do was was, was fill, it, fill 20 seconds, 22 <laughs> seconds. I mean, it's interesting, obviously, without even knowing, Doug let you go first as well. And what was actually a very good, well-timed 21 seconds worth of, of answer, only for Doug to get that question. I just, <laughs> I just can't believe that I finally found something that Doug wouldn't defend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not the first time Doug's, you know, given up and defend the undefendable, isn't it? Uh, possibly not. Um, uh, but... I mean, I, you know, I, if we go back through, I might go back through and listen to them because they were quite good, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably some repetition. Subjective. <laughs> well, thanks, Adam. Thank you for another episode of Punch and Chat. Yeah, cheers, well done. Mate. Well yeah, done, everybody. Mate. I'm glad that, I, uh, that, that we've done it. I'm glad that we've got together to re- to record something, and because uh, the alternative was not doing anything. So uh, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens next week. Um, what are we saying? Are we going to preview the prem? Because I'm fucked if I'm talking about European rugby. Yeah, that's what that's what we'll do. We'll we'll see what happens next week. We'll we'll make a late decision and uh, and take it from there. I mean, the chat. One thing is for certain, there'll be you know a real lack of preparation. I might have a quiz. <laughs> I might have a quiz. A quiz? Oh, a quiz. A Doug, a, a Doug rugby quiz. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's literally just pops into my head what I might do. So, yeah. Watch this space. There you go. Oh, you're if, tease, that's, you're if, that's not, if that's not a tease, then I don't know what is. So uh, we will see you all next week uh, in one guise or another. So uh, well done, Philip, for your victory. Thank, Thank you, you, Adam. Um, go well Sports Social Podcast Network Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.